Today, we're talking about a pale, thin creature that lurks in the woods at night. Sounds like my biography. This world is a strange one. There's a lot of confusion about what a Wendigo really is. Some people think they're pale gray creatures like the rake. Others believe they are tall beasts that have a deer skull as a head. Well, both are correct. Wendigo have been illustrated and seen in both varieties, and they both want the same thing, your flesh. Let's listen to these allegedly true sightings of real Wendigo. Just remember, if you've got a scary story of your own, you can submit it at reddit.com slash r slash darkness prevails. We're currently still looking for some creepy stories about pizza deliveries. Number one, Crawl Space, submitted by Quarrel. Way back when, I lived in the woods with my grandparents. I must have been 13 years old at the time, old enough to know that there was nothing in the dark to be scared of, but young enough to know that that wasn't true. The house was old and always creeped me out. Every little step you took made the wood creak. Everything was eerily silent at night, and the only sound you'd hear was the howling of a coyote in the nearby woods. What really freaked me out about this house, though, was that in my room, there was an attic crawl space just above my head. The door to it was always just above me when I lay in bed. I'd had nightmares before of things opening up that crawl space when I was asleep, only to slither down and watch me, or worse. One morning, I woke up to the sound of my grandfather's hammer. He was swinging away at the front part of the roof. Some darn animal had gnawed its way in, leaving a big hole there. He said it must have been a rat or something of the sort. I didn't think much of it. Rather, I laughed at how funny it was to see my grandpa so flustered at a little rat hole. On closer inspection, the hole was about the size of a human head, so it was quite a bit of damage for a rat, maybe a group of rats, I thought, or maybe the infamous Rat King. I shivered at the thought, then smiled. The day went by slow and normal. Nothing happened out of the ordinary. I helped my grandpa patch up the hole. I helped my grandma tend to the cucumbers in the garden. We had some early supper of chicken and dumplings, and before I knew it, it was time for bed again. I remember that night being hot, and my grandparents' air conditioning unit was already too small for the big farmhouse. What air was blowing into my room still had me overheating, so I left my windows open. Nothing wrong with that. We're far from the city, and our neighbors were kind and quiet farmers, so I figured nobody would want to break in. Somehow the air cooled faster with the open windows rather than the air conditioner, but it was cooler now, and I wasn't about to complain. I slipped into bed, and I quickly fell asleep. I woke up some time later. It was still dark out, as I could see the darkness through the windows. It was just as quiet as it always was, except tonight even the coyotes were silent. I scanned my room, yet everything still appeared normal. I was wondering what woke me up, and just as I was lying back down to sleep, 
I heard it. The sliding of wood against wood. It was coming from directly above me. With my head flat on the pillow, I looked up. My breath caught in my throat and I felt like I was going to choke. The panel that covered the entrance to the crawlspace, it was opening. Something in the attic crawlspace was sliding the panel off. I could feel sweat drenching my body as I lay there, frozen and terrified. I wasn't ready to see what was on the other side, but I was too afraid to move. Soon the panel was completely off, leaving a black empty square in the ceiling above me. I stared into that darkness for a long time. The wait was almost the worst part, almost, because then I heard the breathing, heavy, slow breathing. Not a moment later, a hand with dirty long nails appeared on the frame as the thing in the attic began to lower itself down. I saw two hands now, both ending in sharp nails. I saw long arms no thinner than the bones inside them. Then I saw the face, a face that was nearly a skull. There was no hair at all on its body, and there was barely any flesh on top of its bones. What I saw was a gaping mouth, two slits for a nose, and eyeless holes that peered deep into my soul. Now I was choking, gasping for air, air that just wouldn't come in. I watched the thing descend closer and closer towards me. It inched ever closer to my bed. I stopped trying to breathe. I shut my eyes and collected myself. Then I screamed. The creature flinched, not expecting the sound I'd just made. And in seconds time, my grandpa burst through my bedroom door, carrying his shotgun. He and the creature exchanged a quick and confused glance before it yanked itself back into the crawl space. A second later, we heard a massive breaking sound from outside, followed by loud footsteps scurrying into the forest. My grandpa ran outside. I would later find out that the creature was gone, but now the patch in the roof had basically exploded and the hole had been busted open much wider than before. Whatever it was made its escape through that hole, but something tells me it had made that hole its entrance as well. The entire day, it had been in that attic, waiting for some sinister purpose, and what it was, I have no clue. It was a mesh of all things nightmares are made of, stitched together in one sinewy skeletal construct, a creature that had been lowering itself onto me from the ceiling. Number two, Monster in Boggy Creek. Submitted by Rosemorn1117. I'm from a small town in Southwest Arkansas called Folk, famous for the Boggy Creek monster this monster is said to be a Sasquatch who in the 70s allegedly terrorized my hometown and the surrounding area, thus spawning the documentary, The Legend of Boggy Creek. I've sadly never seen this large ape-like wonder, but have seen firsthand evidence of it 
and far worse monsters out in the swamps and hills my family and I have hunted in our entire lives. There are a multitude of stories I could tell here, but the one that bothers me the most, the reason I no longer feel safe in the backwoods of my own homeland, began one evening when I was 15. Where we live, despite what wildlife officials of any form will admit, there are numerous dangerous and large animals. The razorback boar can gore a man's leg deep enough to cripple them or kill if it gets you on the ground. Gators can grow to just about any length and the only thing they fear is a bigger gator. And then there are panthers. We've heard and witnessed panthers kill and haul a calf weighing well over double their size straight up into a tree gnawing at it for days. They scream like terrified women and can move silently through brush or outright overtake almost anything. Quite frankly, they unnerve me, but what I found on my own deer lease close to a decade ago has shaken me ever since. I never walked those woods unarmed and I never will. I'm a big guy at 200 pounds or more and an easy six foot two. And while hunting, I always carried a Winchester seven millimeter, a Taurus Judge revolver loaded with buckshot or homemade rounds, and cookery for brush or emergencies. Nothing I believed could stand back up from a straight round from my rifle. But whatever this was, my rifle didn't even phase it. I followed what I thought to be a hog trail up a hill near a distant stand we used during the second day of the deer season. I had never seen such an easy game trail in my life, and to be honest, I was relieved as I only had about an hour of daylight left. And then I found the blood. Not much, but enough to know something was hurt. I could physically see the signs of the poor thing being dragged along with bits of tissue and sizable amounts of blood coating the ground every few feet. I hit the crest of a hill and at the bottom, I found what I thought was going to be it, a leg lying there before me. From there, I could see that the kill was fresh with steam coming off of the severed end of the remains. The hog's tracks and blood showed less than two hours and it had to have been more than a 100 pounds. I fired my rifle in the air twice to signal for help then I searched the area. Whatever had attacked it, the poor animal could not put up a fight, and the thing that had killed it didn't leave a single track of its own. I found a small blood trail leading off from the area, and I left something personal there to clue the others. By this point, I had half an hour of daylight left, so I used my kukri to mark a tree every few feet as I walked. Within 10 minutes, I found the rest of the boar that had been slain, but it wasn't alone. Dozens of bodies were there, ranging from deer, pigs, cattle, and dogs, and there was even a dead panther. It was like some sick display. Remembering it as I am now, I make the joke that it was a garden, a crimson fetid garden made in the deepest parts of the woods where no man should be foolish enough to wander. Suddenly, I heard a noise and snapped out of my horror-stricken state. 
I quickly chambered around and caught a glimpse of my assailant. It was thin, pale, and grayish white. Its eyes were solid black, and it had long claws that were still wet. It tucked behind a tree and appeared 10 feet closer without making a single sound. It was like it had just materialized right there, 20 feet from me. I wasn't about to give it a chance to get closer. I took aim and I fired. I saw it hit, but it must have gone straight through, or so I thought. There was no blood, no hole, just the muzzle flash and the thing flinched. I know I hit it, but there was no telling that I did, so I fired another. This time, the creature didn't flinch. Instead, it showed its teeth to me. But then I pulled out my magnum. That thing left nothing standing at that range, much less anything smirking. Its hollow eyes stared at me. A big razor-toothed smile jutted across its face, a mouth that was easily twice as big as a man's. And then it moved. I can see the thing in my nightmares even now, because the way it moved, it was unnatural. It shuffled, I think is the word. It shuffled forward with a strange posture. Its arms almost double the length of a man's, though it stood as tall as me, and its legs were canine-like in nature. It moved almost awkwardly while walking on its feet and knuckles. As I took aim down the sights of my magnum, the creature was in touching distance in front of me. I was so frightened that I dropped my gun. I fell backward, and that's when I realized this was it. I was gonna be some backwoods art project for this demonic creature. And that's when I heard the shotgun from behind me and towards the right, from the trail that I had marked. My father, my uncle, and a close family friend had been nearby, wondering where I was when they heard my shots. They opened fire on this thing with two hunting rifles and a shotgun at nearly point-blank range, but it still didn't show a single wound. It looked towards them, then back to me. Then it bolted away, vanishing into the deep woods. My dad helped me up and looked at me dead in the eyes, saying something, but my mind couldn't process it. There was no going back to camp that night. I was in my pickup and on my way home in the next hour. When we made it back to town, I was finally recovering from my shock. My dad and uncle sat down beside me to talk once we got home, and I got cleaned up. These men were veterans, special forces, yet still they looked as pale as I was. My dad gave me a cup of coffee and said that none of the rest of the people I know on this earth need to know what's out there. He knew the game warden and they would take care of things. As for what I saw, he only had this to say. Your great grandpa knew the Indians that lived in these parts and they used to warn us of evil spirits. Your grandpa won't hunt anymore because of something he saw as a young man. I've seen men die firsthand, and yet something I saw when I was a boy still wakes me up at night. All of us have seen things we can't explain. You, son, you got lucky. 
I got lucky that I didn't lose my son tonight, so you take as long as you need to talk about it, okay? The next day, 30 armed men, including a preacher, scoured those woods as my dad picked up our gear and told them where he last saw the thing. Officials bought and closed off the land without saying a word to anyone as to why. It all disappeared, and after a few months of therapy, I was doing pretty well. Now I only wonder two things. What was going to happen to me? And when will I stop dreaming of whatever that thing was? Now that I'm a father myself, neither my boys nor I go out into the woods alone, because personally, I know somewhere out there, that thing is still waiting and I'm going to be sure that my son is not its next victim. This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. Do you believe in monsters? And given the chance, would you be brave enough to track one down on your own? In June's Journey, people are the true monsters, and you can live the story yourself rather than sitting back and listening to one. June's Journey is a hidden object game with a thrilling murder mystery set in the Roaring Twenties. You play as June on the hunt for your sister's murderer. Discover clues through exciting hidden object scenes with beautiful and atmospheric illustrations and music. Victory brings you closer to new plot points and suspenseful answers. When not hunting for clues, you can customize your own luxurious estate island with gardens, buildings, and decor or chat and play with or against other players too, in the Detective Club, where you could even put your skills to the test in the Detective League. June's journey is both relaxing and fun to play. With my busy schedule, I find it's the perfect game to pick up and play whenever I've got a free moment. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Number three, Wendigo Backstage. Submitted by Comedy Tragedy 99. I'm a young actress from the East Coast of the United States. I've grown up listening to tales of monsters and spirits in the woods, but I'd never really encountered one myself not until that fateful December night. A performance in which I was the leading lady had just ended, and I was backstage changing out of my costume. The show in which I starred was Andrew Lloyd Webber's Tony Award-winning musical, The Phantom of the Opera, so it's a bit ironic. My friend Matthew played the role of the Phantom, and he did an outstanding job with his performance. A little bit of background info for you about Matthew. He's a talented actor and singer, but when he's not on stage, he's either pulling a practical joke on somebody or flirting with me. I like Matthew, but at times I find him to be rather annoying and unprofessional. On this particular night, I just finished changing out of my costume. I tend to take a while to put everything in its proper place, so as usual, I ended up being the last person to leave the theater. As I locked my dressing room door and prepared to leave, I distinctly heard the shuffling of footsteps behind me. I quickly spun around to try and spot the culprit, but there was no one there. 
Ah, just come out here, Matthew. I yelled into the darkened wings. No response came. Now I was annoyed. Matthew, this isn't funny. I yelled even louder. But nothing could have prepared me for what I saw next. From out of the pitch black wings emerged a tall, pale and gaunt figure that somehow appeared human, but wasn't at the same time. That's when I realized I wasn't dealing with Matthew, even if I wished I was now. It didn't matter that no one would hear me. I still screamed as loud as I possibly could at the sight of this creature. The thing stood at about seven and a half feet tall. Its arms were around one and a half meters in length. It had claws at the end of each arm with eyes that glowed like a pair of burning embers. And even stranger yet, it had antlers on its head that looked more at home on a deer. I stood there frozen out of sheer terror for what seemed like minutes, but only could have been a few seconds. What was this thing? How in the world did it get inside the building? Something like this shouldn't exist. What finally broke my trance was when the creature sprinted for the exit. In moments, the encounter was over and the beast was gone. I quickly got in my car and drove home in complete shock at what I had just seen. When I got home, I did a little bit of research on the entity and the only creature I found that matches would be the Wendigo, but it still made no sense how a freaking Wendigo got backstage at an opera house. How it managed to get back there, I have no idea. I simply hope I never see it again. Maybe burning some sage in my dressing room will help keep it away. From what I've heard, the Wendigo can be an evil spirit, and those spirits hate the aroma of sage. Number four, Wendigo Sighting, submitted by Justin B. I've always been the paranoid type. If I heard a noise in the dark, I'd jump to the conclusion that it was something that was here to hurt me. But what I experienced on June 17th of 2017, it will never leave my memory, and it wasn't just paranoia. I've never done drugs or had any type of alcohol, and I continue to keep it that way but me and my two brothers and parents all decided to move away from our old town after our uncle died just to start anew. We found a nice five bedroom house that would fit all of us. It was surrounded by woods and it was always quiet. The nearest neighbor was about 90 meters away. The second week of us moving, me and my bigger brother Brandon decided to go to a creek that we had found the first day of moving in. We followed the path that we had made from prior visits and we went into the woods, finally reaching the creek. It was a nice little stream. Occasionally you could see some fish swim by, but not today. Because that day, the creek seemed wrong. There were no birds chirping, nothing, just the sound of water calmly flowing through. I could tell my brother was getting scared, as I was too so I suggested we should probably leave. But him being the bigger brother, who wasn't supposed to be scared, said that we should stay for a while. 
but I sure as crap didn't want to. It had been only a couple of minutes when we started to smell something awful. Imagine rotten meat had been left out in the heat and sprayed by a skunk. Then he might have an idea of what it smelled like. We started to get sketched out and finally decided to leave. We began to head down the trail. Before we made it out, my brother had to stop to pee. He walked no more than 10 meters behind a bush to take care of his business when I began to hear a scratching sound from behind me. I turned to see what was making the strange noise and I was met with the most terrifying thing I had ever seen. A tall, almost 10 foot figure stood behind a tree about five meters away from me. It poked out half of its body from the tree and it was staring right at me. It had pale white skin with patches of fur scattered all over its body. There were large antlers on its head and its head looked almost like a deer's skull. But the thing that scared me the most was it was whimpering my name. It was saying, Justin, Justin. It kept repeating my name. I screamed louder than I've ever screamed before and my brother suddenly ran to my side. But when he saw the thing, he just grabbed me by the arm and began dragging me as he ran. We never looked back. We slammed open the door to our house, screaming and babbling. Our parents rushed over to us and asked what was wrong. I was trying to explain what happened, but I could barely breathe at all. My brother was just quiet, staring out of the living room window. My parents checked what he was looking at. There, outside the window, was the same creature from the woods. Instead of grabbing the shotgun we had next to the fireplace, my dad said to run to the car, and we all left the house as fast as we could. We never moved out of that house, unfortunately, and I've never even touched a tree belonging to those woods again. We moved not too long after that, Soon I made new friends and I was able to tell them this story, but they didn't seem to have a clue what it was. Not until I asked my new best friend, Adam, when he began to show me stories of a creature called the Wendigo. Number five, Wendigo in the Catskills. Submitted by Ken H. My name is Ken. I'm a 20-year-old guy from the Catskill Mountains of upstate New York. To give some background, I live on my own in a pretty secluded area. Plus, I'm now a former hunter and outdoorsman. You'll understand why I said former in a moment. It all began when I was out deer hunting one day after a long work day. My property is situated on 50 acres of dense forest, which is a hotspot for wildlife. I was sitting in my tree stand with my Marlin 3030 lever action rifle. As the afternoon was progressing to evening, I wasn't having any luck with seeing any deer. And strangely, the forest was eerily quiet the entire time. Normally, there is active wildlife everywhere in these woods, but there was not a soul to be seen. After around three hours of seeing nothing, I got sick of it. I was thinking by then I've had enough of this. 
that it was about time to head home. Since it was about 20 minutes before nightfall, I then climbed down from my tree stand. When my feet touched the ground, I took my rifle attached to the strap off my shoulder back into my hands. I proceeded to start making the 200 yard walk home. That's when I began to hear rustling in the leaves close by. I turned around and paused. Through the trees about 60 yards away, I could just make out the outline of what appeared to be a deer's head. It was moving in my direction. As it stepped closer, I then saw the antlers on its head. They were huge. Immediately, I felt excited. I've been waiting all day for a trophy buck like that, and I might just bring one home after all. This deer was standing broadside at about 40 yards away. I steadied my rifle against a small tree, lined up the iron sights for a double long shot. Then I fired. The rifle discharged, releasing the loud explosion of a 150 grain 3030 bullet. I saw the deer fall right there. I had a brief moment of excitement. I even gave myself a thumbs up, whispering, yes. But that excitement was short-lived, as what I thought was a deer began to growl and stood back up, this time on two legs. Now the outline became clear to me as an unbroken beam of fading sunlight hit the face of the creature. There was no flesh on its head. Its head was only a deer's skull. My jaw dropped. I couldn't even begin to comprehend what I was seeing. I even said it out loud. Are you freaking kidding me? That beast turned to face me, and my God, the image of it will forever be burned into my mind. It glared at me with those eyeless sockets. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. It was a creature straight from fables, right out of my nightmares. It began to move closer, but I was still frozen to my spot. Every passing moment, I could tell more and more that this thing looked nothing like a deer and that I had made a huge mistake. It was now about 30 yards away. It had already covered half the distance between us and I had yet to move. But now I could see it. It was easily seven feet tall. It had arms that were very long and thin with fingers that curled backwards, but I was sure that they ended in claws. But the body, but its torso, it made no physical sense at all because it appeared to be already half eaten. It was heading towards me still at a slow yet confident pace. I finally snapped out of my trance when it was about 20 yards away, but I dropped my rifle. My mind wouldn't let me think normally. I didn't think that I should have carried my gun with me. Instead, my body took over. I turned and my legs carried me away. I was only 200 yards from my house, but I could hear this monster now behind me giving chase and it was coming much faster than before. I didn't dare to look back. I managed to make it back to the back door of my house, and thank God, I had left it unlocked. I burst inside, slammed the door behind me, and locked it, and I still didn't look back. I don't think I had the courage to look back. 
I ran into my bedroom and slammed the door. I locked that one too, and then I fell to my knees. I was shaking profusely, breathing very rapidly for air, and I began to cry uncontrollably. A grown man, a hunter, an outdoorsman, I was sitting there crying my eyes out. It took me a while to pull myself together after that, and I did not sleep at all that night. I didn't want to close my eyes until I saw the morning sun rise, lighting up my bedroom. After that, I went out only to retrieve my rifle. Even so, I was extremely hesitant to go back outside to step one foot into those woods. I found my rifle pretty quickly, and lo and behold, the forest was abundant with wildlife once more, as if nothing was out of place, like nothing had ever happened. Luckily, I never saw that monster again, and I haven't told anyone this story, no one close to me. Even writing this story now, I shake and I feel like I'm being watched. Just reliving the terrifying moment, ugh, it gives me chills. I don't go hunting anymore, and I probably won't again anytime soon. I hope none of you ever have to run into the thing that I did that night. When we watch a monster movie, when we read or hear a creepypasta about a strange creature in the woods, we always tell ourselves that it's not real, that there's nothing at all to be afraid of. But you're dead wrong. The woods are endless, the woods are close to you, and there are countless living mysteries out there. Mysteries that want you to leave your door unlocked so that they can feast on the fleshy meals that lie unconscious in a plate of cotton blankets. Good night. Be sure to like, share, comment, and subscribe if you enjoyed the video. And don't forget to send us your pizza delivery scary stories at reddit.com slash r slash darkness prevails. Thank you.